Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the first epistle of Peter with this sermon entitled, Theology of the Cross, preached October 29th, 2017. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Theology of the Cross. 1 Peter 4, 1 through 6. The first point is theology of the cross. St. Peter cited the theology of the cross in 1 Peter 3, 18 and 22. Listen, sir. For Christ died for sins once for all the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive by the Spirit who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. I said our baptism symbolizes our union with Christ by faith in his death on the cross, burial and resurrection. St. Paul speaks of the same theology of the cross in Romans 4:25 and Romans 6, 3 and 4. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Jesus Christ, by his atoning death and resurrection, reconciled us to God and we enjoy fellowship with God forever. We are in the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. What is kingdom of God, sir? It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We were dead in our transgressions and sins. We were under devil's control and authority. We were enemies of God, but Christ died for our sins to solve our sin problem. He has reconciled us to God, our Father. We are born again, sir, by the Spirit. We have been justified and adopted. We have been made good trees, bearing good fruits of obedience. We have been given hearts to love God and do his will with joy unspeakable. We were rocky soil 
and full of thorns. God made us good soil and we responded to the seed of the word of God in total obedience. We have been transformed. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 and 10. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Regeneration, sir. Friends, you can fake repentance and fake faith, but you cannot fake regeneration. But because of his great love for us and rich mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace we have been saved. And now verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works of obedience, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus Christ suffered in the body. Our death, the wages of our sins. And he has given us eternal life. And we shall never perish. No enemy can snatch us from God's hand. No creature can separate us from God's eternal love. We have been justified by faith in Jesus. We are forgiven of all our sins, past, present, and future. We have peace with God, and we enjoy peace of God that transcends all human understanding. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The theology of the cross brought us eternal freedom. We now love slavery to God to do righteousness as God's sons and daughters. We now approach the throne of grace because Christ in our place and for our sins cried out from the cross... My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The answer to that crying we get from the Bible. And what is the answer? Because of the substitutionary atonement. And we read 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This verse speaks of the double transaction. Christ died for our sins in our place on the cross. And he gave us his perfect righteousness. So the father sees us always clothed in the righteousness of his eternal son. By Christ's death he solved our sin problem once for all. He never dies again for our sins. 
He is done with our sin problem. By his one sacrifice, once for all offered to God. God the Father accepted his perfect sacrifice. Christ's resurrection is the proof. By faith in Jesus Christ, he has become our wisdom, righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Friends, listen. Yes, Christ has solved our sin problem once for all. And we are united with him by faith in his death, burial, and resurrection. As I said, our baptism symbolizes this vital union with Christ. He is the vine and we are the branches that produce much fruit through his life in us for God's glory. Not only, therefore, Christ is done with sin, but every believer in Christ is freed. That's the second point. He is freed from the dominion of sin in Jesus Christ. And so we read 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die. That's the purpose. To sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, that is all the elect. And therefore all the elect died to sin, that is. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. But for him who died for them and was raised again. Romans 6, 6 and 7 and 10 and 12 and verse 18. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. So that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin, done with sin, released from sin's dominion. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. Romans 6, 18, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. What a glorious freedom. Romans 6, 22, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. 
Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's workmanship. This is speaking about regeneration created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you are born again, you will obey God with unspeakable joy. And pastor will know who you are. Colossians 1.13 and 14 For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. And the third point our armor is the theology of the cross. Put on the armor of this theology. This theology of the cross should be our armor to resist the devil when he tempts us. We resist the devil by the truth of the word of God, the person of Christ and his work in our behalf. A stupid Christian is a Christian whose mind is empty of theology. Emotional. She cries and he cries. Doesn't shed tears. It doesn't mean anything. And we need a reformation. Not just the Roman Catholic and Orthodox and Protestants. But evangelicals. I call it rope. Roman Catholics, Orthodox, Protestants, and Evangelicals. We need the theology of the cross to deliver us from slavery to all carnalities. We must believe in the primacy of the Christian intellect, not on just emotion. Jesus opposed the devil who tempted him he opposed him by the power of the spirit and the word he refused to obey Satan and he obeyed the written word of God he said it is written it is written it is written he thus resisted the devil so I say submit to God by obeying the word and resist the devil by disobeying him and he shall flee from you. We have the mind of Christ. That's what you receive in regeneration. For in us dwells the Holy Spirit Your mind, Philippians 2.5, your mind should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Tuto phronete en humin. And 1 Corinthians 2.16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Let me ask you the question. Do you have the mind of Christ? 
So let us put on the armor of the theology of the cross. Put on the armor of light. Romans 13, 12, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light, light of truth, light of the word of God. The question should be, what does the Bible say? Which I will do because I am born of the spirit. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Friends, we are in a battle. Our enemy has been defeated by Christ. By his death and resurrection. He is Lord. And he alone is Lord. Let us in the name of Jesus Therefore, wage war against the defeated devil. Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Hebrews 2.14 and 15 Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. 1 John 3, 8 and 9, he who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Revelation 1.18 I am the living one I was dead and behold I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Titus 1 verse 1 Paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. If you don't live a godly life, you are a child of the devil. Christ is done with sin. And in Christ, the elect believers are done with sin. From devil's kingdom of darkness, we are once for all transformed to the kingdom of God. We were once darkness ourselves. Now we are light in the Lord doing the will of God. We live in the spirit by repentance and faith. We follow Christ as disciples in the power of the spirit.
Point number four, we are living now, not for lust, but for God's will. We are always asking the question, what is the will of God? What does the Bible say? We no longer live for evil human desires. In Christ we died to sin and we live to hear and do the will of God. In the word of God as Jesus lived. Friends, listen. No one is autonomous. Either you obey God or the devil. Everyone obeys. We obey Jesus whom we confess as Lord. Friends, obedience is our lifestyle. All unbelievers obey the devil. Romans 10.9 That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. Titus 2.11 through 14 For the grace of God that brings salvation appeared to all men it teaches us to say no. We are told say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager, zealous to do what is good, that is to obey God's will. You want to know who we were? Ephesians 2.2 In which you used to live When you followed the ways of this world And the ruler of the kingdom of hair The devil The spirit who is now at work In those who are Children of disobedience In Greek text We've been transformed sir, In First Peter 1.14 As children of obedience In the Greek text do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Every sinner is ignorant of God. Romans 8.14 Because those who are being led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Acts 5.32 We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. If you don't obey him, you are not a Christian. And not only that, you are children of the devil. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9, although he was son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. All who confess Jesus, Lord. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey whatsoever things I have commanded you. And surely, behold, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the ages. John 8, 10, verse 29. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. I always obey my father. John 17, verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth. Praying to God the Father. By completing the work you gave me to do. Friends, Christians are those who traded the devil's crushing yoke of sin and hell for the comforting easy yoke of Jesus Christ. We traded one yoke to the comforting yoke of obedience to Jesus Christ. We traded the pleasures of sin, debaucheries, plural, lusts, plural, drunkennesses, plural, orgies, plural, that means every day, carousings, plural, and abominable idolatries, plural, living. In the flood of dissipation of sin. Sir, we traded the pleasures of sin for a little while. Little while. Double digits years. 70 or 80. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and finisher of your faith. We traded the pleasures of sin for eternal pleasures in his presence. Psalm 16 verse 11, you have made known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. We traded our former life in the sewer that we may live in heaven in God's presence. We traded the life of total waste for the life of total blessing. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Even now we are seated with Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we live a holy life by grace and not the life of the sewer. The pagans, the creatures of the sewer cannot understand why we live a holy life. So they slander and persecute and even kill true believers every day. James 2.7 says, Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? First Peter 3.16, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed for their slander. 
Isaiah 5:20 woe to those who call evil good and good evil twisted perverted mind of an unbeliever what do they do Galatians 5:19 and 21 the works of sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions envy drunkenness orgies and the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god we lived in that now we live to bring forth the fruit of the spirit galatians 5:22 and 23 but the fruit of the spirit is love the first fruit of the holy spirit doctrine and life anybody can regurgitate doctrine without life fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control against such things there is no law you want to know who you were study the prodigal son study the legion demon man naked restless wandering breaking chains and god sought him and saved him and you look at him sitting down restful come unto me all those who are heavy laden i will give you rest clothed and in his sound mind every unbeliever has a perverted mind he looks at the 10 commandments and he does the opposite how can we go back to the old life it makes no sense God by his spirit gave us sound mind. So the final point all must meet the judge Jesus Christ the living and the dead those who slander persecute and even kill true believers who live a godly life will be judged by Christ. who is given all authority to save and to condemn so you read but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead for this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body speaking about martyrdom but live according to god in regard to the spirit john 5:22 and 23 listen sir moreover the father judges no one but he has entrusted all judgment to the son that all may honor the son just as they honor the father he who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him if anybody refuses to believe in jesus christ he is mocking 
the Father and the Son and he will face judgment by Christ whom you mock every day by not putting your trust in him. Philippians 2, 6 through 11, who being in very nature did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death of a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Acts 17 31 and 32 for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice that Jesus Christ by the man he has appointed, he has given proof to this, to all men by raising from the dead. Matthew twenty-five thirty-four. Then the King Jesus will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, the mockers of Jesus, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, eternal fire, sir, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hebrews 10 31, it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Everyone must give Jesus Christ an account of his life as his creature. Matthew twelve thirty six. but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Friends, he is the sole church. Everyone must answer him. Everyone knows the true and living God through creation, through conscience, and many through gospel preaching, but they suppress that truth. No one will have any excuse for not knowing God. Romans 1.20 For since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities His eternal power and divine nature Have been clearly seen Being understood From what has been made So that men are without excuse Everyone Will be judged by Christ Romans 2.16, this will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. Jesus will justify the believers and condemn the unbelieving idolaters who trust in their money, beauty, brilliance and power. The condemned shall enter eternal hell 
to experience eternal fire, torment, and agony, as Jesus himself said in Luke 16. The true believers will dwell with God and holy angels in the new heaven and new earth without sin and death in eternal happiness. Who is this church, Jesus? I will read to you from Revelation. I will introduce you to Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, 12 through the end. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest, his head and hair were white as like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Revelation 19. Revelation 19, beginning with verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. He is killing people, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Out of his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And chapter 20, beginning with verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne and him, that is Jesus, who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them, and I saw the dead. Great and small standing before the throne, smart relics of the world, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they have done, as recorded in the books. Every sin is recorded even motivations and thoughts and words. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, 
and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what he has done then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire the lake of fire is the second death if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown by Jesus Christ into the lake of fire do you know who this judge is sir he created all he rules all he will judge all the question is is your name written in the book of life don't rejoice because the devil is demons are subject to you rejoice because your name is written in the lamb's book of life from all eternity and how do you know your name is written in the lamb's book of life you will hear and believe in the lord jesus christ today today you may cross from eternal death to eternal life not after death today now now is the accepted time now is the day of salvation be like the prodigal repent return to the father father in heaven through jesus the only mediator between god and man confess your sins and be saved to dwell with the father in heaven forever and ever amen heavenly father we pray we thank you for writing our names in the lamb's book of life in all eternity and then you brought a man to preach the gospel how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news how can they call upon the name of the lord unless they believe how can they believe unless they hear how can they hear unless somebody preach how can somebody preach unless somebody sent and you did send and i am here preaching lord we beseech you have mercy upon us all those who are outside jesus christ regenerate them by your mighty spirit grant them the gift of repentance and faith that they may call upon the name of the lord and be saved this we pray in jesus name amen Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Reverend PG Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.